Texas and beyond. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Before these walls were blues, the name of that one from Wade Bowen, going out to uh, all the dads this weekend. Uh, just uh, kind of hits home for me. Took my son Henry on his first duck hunt. Uh, he's about to turn four, but I uh, took him on his first duck hunt over the holidays. And we had an absolute blast. Of course, I didn't let him shoot a shotgun. Uh, he just was there to uh, watch the dog work and, and hang out with Dad. Took lots of snacks, hand warmers, and uh, you know earmuffs for him. Those shotguns are pretty loud. Uh, but he had a blast and told me he can't wait to go back. Uh, so hopefully y'all are doing the same, making memories with your kiddos uh, this hunting season. As uh, uh, There's nothing better, I tell you what. There truly isn't. Uh, anyway... We've got a great show lined up for you today. We'll be all over the map, lots of interesting topics to get into, so pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire, pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos, uh, probably a Stanley thermos if it's like mine, and uh, get ready to rock and roll because off the top, uh, we are going to check in with STI Guns Technical Services Manager David Cup, and uh, we'll really take a look at the world of not only competitive handgunning, but also what are the most popular calibers that folks are carrying for concealed carry versus, you know, for target shooting? And then uh, what bullets should you be loading for each? Because there's a big difference in, you know, what folks are going to be using for competitive shooting versus what you want to have loaded in your everyday carry weapon. Uh, so we'll get into that, plus what's new from STI Guns coming up in 2017. Then we will shift gears, and uh, kind of, but really actually stay on the same path, but more uh, on the hunting side of things when Derek Ratliff, CEO of Horizon Firearms, jumps on. And he'll give us his thoughts on the best caliber and bullet combinations for three specific animals that you're likely to come across in the southern United States. We're talking white-tailed deer feral hogs, and coyotes. And, and of course, this is total personal preference, uh, but Derek's been a longtime gunsmith and has tons of experience hunting uh, all three of these species, even does competitive coyote calling contest as well. So uh, his insight and expertise and the amount of uh, shooting he does with all manner of calibers. I mean, he's building uh, whatever caliber folks order, that's what he's building, and he shoots each one of them before he ships them off. So uh, he knows what he's talking about on that regard. Uh, then uh, we will shift gears, talk some largemouth bass, and dispel some myths associated with late fall bass patterns with 2016 Elite Series Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle. Uh, he is the man currently reigning the bass fishing world as uh, you know, taking home the highest honor <laughs> in professional bass fishing, Angler of the Year title, meaning he was the best of the best this year. And uh, he'll jump on with us to uh, talk some uh, largemouth bass here in just a little bit. Then we'll wrap up today's broadcast 
by visiting with Eric Griggs, president of Elite Archery. And we'll talk some, uh, you know, new stuff for 2017 as far as bows are concerned, uh, the latest from Elite Archery. But more importantly, uh, I think often overlooked is choosing the right release for you. And I know as a hunter, uh, it's ridiculous to think you can take a $1,200 archery setup into the woods and rely on a $20 release to bring home the bacon, so to speak. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into that, and there's so many different styles of releases out there. Uh, but we will check in with Eric, as he's also uh, the president of Scott Releases, and uh, we'll get his take on uh, things to uh, consider when choosing that release. So uh, that's what's on the docket for today. It's going to be a good one. Guarantee you that. couple other things to mention. December is here, which means we have got a new photo of the month contest going. It's a CVA Wolf muzzleloader scope combo package that we're giving away to this month's winner. So send in your best outdoor photo to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Better yet, post it to our Facebook page or message it to me on Instagram with that LSOS photo contest hashtag. We'll get you entered. And then our 12 monthly winners from 2016 will square off at the end of the year for a chance to join me on a trophy exotic that's a axis or black buck hunt down at coons canyon ranch so another great grand prize hunt package offered up by our buddy glenn underwood and coons canyon ranch uh one more thing let's do a quick giveaway i've got a uh half power polaris tumbler uh, ideal for your coffee or mixed drink whatever you want to put in it also a half power polaris koozie and we will throw in a lone star outdoors show sticker to the third person to text in the word Polaris. That's Polaris to 214-289-7807. Polaris to 214-289-7807. And we'll hook you up with the Hoff Power Prize Pack. Let's take a break. Up next, we're talking all things handgunning with STI's David Cup right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I saw it all coming down Just like a cannonball Hey y'all, Cable Smith here, and uh, my friends over at Three Curl Outfitters, they go where the ducks go. The last couple years, all those greenheads seem to be hanging up in Kansas, so what did Three Curl do? They went and leased 30,000 acres in north-central Kansas. They're offering a full weekend of waterfowl hunting for $600 a gun. That's two days of hunting. It's all-inclusive, not only the hunting, but lodging, hot meals. I mean, it's the whole deal. They're just giving it away. Are you kidding me? Uh, so check it out. You can find out more info at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940 to book your Kansas waterfowl hunt today. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. 
Howdy, folks. I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Now, Hank, you just got to tell me Did your daddy really write all them songs? Did he? I don't deserve no answer, Hawk Let's light up and just move along The Conversations, the name of that one there from Hank Jr. and Waylon bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. Uh, thanks for sharing a part of your weekend with me. Hope you're having a great holiday season. I know I am because the holiday season, really, what that means to me is hunting season. Uh, and there is no better time to be alive in the great outdoors uh, than this time of the year right now. We've got so many different things that we can be hunting or fishing for. And whatever you're after this week, I wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. Uh, we're about to talk some handgunning, actually, with STI's David Cup. But before we get into a little Pistola discussion, this segment is brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, offering anything and everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd, including the Dr. Deer-backed buck for Jotes. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call Rob Hughes at one 610 seed today Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and bring on David Cup. He's been with STI Guns for, gosh, going on over two decades now. He's the technical services manager, which means he has a lot of irons in the fire, and we're glad he made time for us today. Hey, Dave, welcome back to the show, man. Great to have you. Hey, thanks a lot, Cable. Appreciate it. You bet. Enjoy being with you guys. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's great to have you on. Uh, I guess... Uh, first of all, how in the heck are things at uh, headquarters of our favorite handgun manufacturer? <laughs> really busy this time of year. Uh, we've got a lot of new products coming out. Uh, we'll be talking about and releasing in January at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. Uh, and, uh, you know, thinning the herd on a couple of some of the older products that's been around for a while, but... Uh, not not too many, just a few things, and mostly uh, changing up the cosmetics and adding some features and a couple of new couple of new farms with some exciting designs on them. I can't really talk about a lot, but uh, one, I'm sure one of the biggest things we'll one of the biggest things we'll have going is a one a, a carry gun with a that's no longer than a a five inch uh, 1911 that'll have a a really small uh, built-in compensator that really really helps the gun uh, stay on track and and shoot real soft. So and what calibers will that be available in? Uh, it's going to be available in 45 and nine. Okay, 
Right on. That sounds awesome. Um, and I know you all are working on the new catalog too, which uh, folks can expect that out here pretty quickly. Um, yeah, actually, uh, that's in progress right now and should be wrapped up in about probably about uh, 25 to 30 days. We'll have those available at Shot Show also. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, tell us a little bit about your background with STI. I know you've been with the company for some time. I have. Um, in March, it'll be 22 years wow. I've been here <laughs> working for these guys. I, I started in the basement, so to speak. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's not a lot of jobs around here that I haven't done. I mean, when I came to work here, there's <clears throat> there's probably about eight or nine employees working here. We were in a small shop in Austin on Roxy Drive, and now we're in two big shops in Georgetown and looking to expand that here in the next year or so. And uh, I've, there's, like I said, it's 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 been quite an exciting uh, trip to to get to where I am right now with this company. We, I think we last count we had 104, 105 employees. So. We've grown quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, not too shabby, not too shabby. And you've been there for the whole ride, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, have you been shooting much lately? Uh, I did get to go shoot a match in Louisiana about a month ago, the Gator Classic, which is always fun. Uh, nothing like hanging out with a bunch of folks from Louisiana. They're always fun and, and uh, you know. Good they, old boys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good old boys, and they cook good, too. They always get to go down there and eat gumbo and all that good seafood that they uh, they, mm. they like to cook while while we're at the matches, so they they feed us well when we're down there. So right. Well, hey Dave, let's uh, let's talk some shooting this morning because I believe everyone listening wants to be a better marksman. Uh, hell, I know I do. So, um, you know, kind of getting into that, what's the first thing to think about when selecting the right caliber for both you know competitive or target shooting versus you know everyday carry? Yeah. Well, I, I guess the probably the thing you want to look at is how much money you have to spend and how how much of a of a farm do you want to carry or do you want to carry it concealed or do you want to carry it open? Which you know here in the state of Texas we we have that that right to do. Oh, I will be honest, so, I haven't seen many people doing it though. I've done it a couple times, but that yeah, was just... you know, and that that I I agree, uh, and it's I think that's good too. I think it's best to carry concealed. Mm-hmm. Um, open carry just invites too many too many questions too many problems and i did it the day it was passed just to see what people would say and i went up to walmart and i was the Uh only i was the only one exercising that right (laughs) got a lot of sideways glares though yeah i bet you did (laughs) but uh, but yeah i know i i you know i I concealed carry 99 percent of the time yeah yeah um i think uh you know for as far as caliber goes for Carry nine millimeter just really seems to be dominating the uh, the, the the world right now, uh, especially in the last few years. There was an FBI report that came out and talked high highly about the nine millimeter round, and with today's uh, technology and powder choices and bullets that are available, uh, the nine millimeter is hanging right in there with the forty caliber and forty five. The mm-hmm. the cool thing about the <clears throat> nine millimeter is that you can carry more rounds in a in a smaller area because of the size of the bullet but yet the uh you know if you carry the right ammo uh it packs quite a punch so it'll, it'll get the job done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, i carry the uh, spartan nine uh, millimeter most days <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, what is the uh what is the most popular caliber among competitive shooters i mean you you, you shoot competitive matches you've been in this game a long time 
I'm sure that it's changed over the years. But like today's competitive shooters, if you go to a match, what are the majority of them shooting? Well, again, I'd have to say nowadays, probably 9mm. And the competition that I shoot in is governed by a a body here in the United States called uh, USPSA, which is the United States Practical Pistol Association. And uh, they have been around for a while, and they um, enacted some changes, some some rules in in their shooting sports a few years back and allowed... Basically, it's a new class called production class, which allows a person to basically go into a store and buy an over-the-counter 9mm, uh, uh, you know, a pistol and um, use it in competition called production class, which is almost just a, like a box stock uh, class. So you can buy a, you know, SIG, Smith & Wesson, a Glock, and shoot in that in that class and... Um, Basically, all you're going to need is some ammo, and you know, again, store-bought ammo. You, a lot of people still load their own ammo in shooting sports, but it allows a person to buy a box stock gun and um, over-the-counter ammo and a you know belt, holster, and a couple mag pouches, and you're you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, and and not and that most of those people, the choice is going to be nine millimeters. So it still kind of dominates, whereas in the past it was. Um, the two other big classes that you would shoot in competitively would be the limited class and the open class. And even in the open class now, I think, <clears throat> whereas 38 Super used to be the caliber of choice, I think 9mm is kind of taken over that also in open competition. But uh, in limited competition, um, since 9mm is not recognized as a, a major caliber um ammo uh-huh. they still go with the 40 caliber so it's still pretty popular too so okay and what type of bullet you know regardless of the caliber are most guys shooting um in competitive matches i mean are they is it fmj i really don't know because i've never shot in, anyone. in competitive shooting it's it's probably a mix of both um a lot of people believe that the hollow point's a little more accurate in pistol competitions the distances that we shoot i don't think it makes that much of a difference now when you're shooting long guns or greater distances, you know, 100 yards plus, I think a hollow point is going to be a little more accurate. But in our type of shooting, um, FMJs seem to perform just as good as, um, you know, as, as hollow points. So, um, but <clears throat> probably as far as accuracy goes, they're both about the same okay. when it comes to accuracy. Well, one's clearly more expensive than the other, too. <laughs> A little bit more, a little yeah. bit more, not not a lot, but yeah, most of the time you are going to spend a little more money on the hollow points yeah. as as opposed to a full metal jacket. So, well, and, and then comparing that to what folks should be carrying in their you know concealed weapon, and they tell you this that you're if, if you've ever taken a concealed carry class, mm-hmm. um, you know you don't want to be loading that thing with FMJs. Well, no, it wouldn't be my choice. My, you know, if for, I'm for a couple I'm reasons, a, yeah. There's there's quite a few reasons. I mean, the expansion of the bullet, the the full metal jackets tend to make smaller holes and and you know go right through whatever they're whatever you're shooting at. Whereas the hollow points, get, that's the round that's going to do more more damage. So uh, it's yeah. it's it's the uh, you know preferred choice of of carry ammo would be. A fairly, you know, hot or high velocity round 
that carries uh, probably a, you know the and depending on what caliber, the heaviest bullet you can shoot at the highest velocity with a hollow point bullet in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I remember just going back all those years ago that I took that class. They also were <clears throat> very adamant about knowing what's behind you, and with an FMJ, it's probably going to go right through your target. Um, hollow point, maybe not so much. So you, you might not yeah. have as much risk associated there. That's true. Yeah, you always want to be of your surroundings when you're when you're carrying safety gun choices or safety and 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 carrying a gun is always uh you know good choices to make and as to when when and where you're going to have to uh to use that in a hopefully never situation. you so know hopefully never yeah. yeah that's absolutely mm-hmm. um uh hopefully you'll never have to get in that situation and and uh you know use that firearm that you're carrying for uh for what you know the reason that we all carry guns to protect ourselves and our loved ones but if the time comes it's best that you practice and with that that pistol and shoot it as much as possible get familiar with it and comfortable with it and always recommend taking classes from highly trained individuals that that offer those uh those classes that can teach you the proper way to handle guns the proper way to to shoot the firearm which is pretty important that that you know how to do that and that you're safe when you do it so mm-hmm yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and it's that old cliche: better to have it, and not need it, than need it, and not have it. So that is very true. Yeah. Um, well, give us a couple tips, just quickly, on you know, folks who haven't shot that much that want to become a more accurate handgunner. What are some things to think about when they go to the range? Well, always gun safety and keep it pointed in a safe direction. And uh, you know, the biggest things I, I tell folks when I'm trying to help them and they're uh, inexperienced shooters is to make sure that you have proper grip. And, of course, it would be impossible for me to show you what that is on the radio show but like this, but um, a good firm grip, good stance, good shoulder, good sh- strong shoulder position, and uh, good stance, good feet position. Don't be off balance when you're shooting. You know, mm-hmm. um, if, of- if you're a right-handed shooter, which foot do you want to have forward? If you're, it, basically, it's it it would be like a stance you would, you'd be in if you were gonna box somebody or or you know trade trade punches with somebody. It's basically a fighting position. So, uh, you know, when I when I shoot, I I use kind of an isosceles stance, which is feet pretty much uh, you know foot and a half to or so apart, two feet apart, and kind of even with each other. But mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, so they they you know, your leading foot, if you're right-handed, your shoulder, right shoulder is going to be back a little bit. Left shoulder is going to be out front a little bit. And, uh, you know, same thing with your feet. Basically, it's just to be be balanced and be comfortable when you shoot the, the firearm. And so, be consistent. Yeah, be yeah. consistent with the same thing. Uh, like, like I said, I, <clears throat> I can't recommend enough that if somebody wants to get serious about carrying a handgun, whether it's for competitive shooting or personal defense, Find somebody in your area that teaches handgun classes and take some classes. It's, it'll be the best money you can spend mm-hmm. uh, on no that. No doubt. So. Yeah, my wife's like, uh, she's not, she's still not real comfortable around handguns. And I've taken her to the range a couple times, and, and she's like, no, no, I don't want you to show me. I want a professional to show me. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so it's one yeah, of those and, things. Yeah, and, and I hear that a lot, too. You know, they're women, especially when it comes to women, and, and uh, they're becoming a lot more dominant in not only shooting sports nowadays, but 
um, it's a growing market, and and uh, what what we see is, uh, you know, women are are buying more handguns to carry for self defense, personal protection. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's 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 a growing field out there. And I'm glad it is. And and say it's the same thing in, in the hunting industry too. So, uh, we welcome all of those ladies out there who are uh, passionate about hunting and, and shooting sports, and just protecting themselves. You, you know, even if it's just a little uh, nine mil in their purse or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the last thing I, I wanted to get into was, uh, you know, we're all glad that Trump won the election, and <laughs> what I think was a shocker. I, I was totally expecting to uh, be a little ticked off and turning the TV off about eight thirty, thinking we lost in a landslide. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, all of us were pleasantly surprised, uh, probably probably yeah. even shocked. Um, it didn't turn out the, the way a lot of people expected it. Well, and Americans are tired of it, you know. I mean, I was yeah. bracing for eight more years of, of the status quo, and America finally said, no, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. I know Obama was the best gun salesman that we've ever seen in America. <laughs> um, what impact do you think this election will have on um, the gun industry? Well, we're... Right now, just kind of sitting back, taking a, a wait-and-see uh, attitude. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to level out. I think uh, people aren't going to be um, scared and, and buy, uh, panic buy and buy in bulk. And I think you're going to see uh, prices of products uh, come down to uh, a lot uh, reasonable prices for almost everything in the firearms business now because, um, you know, the, uh, the fear factor is gone. So, uh-huh. I think people are going to be more comfortable out there that are that are in our line of work and the people that are are on the other end of the counter that are you know buying buying our products uh, from in the shooting sports that that are out there too. So um, I think things are going to level out for a while, and I think probably about in springtime uh, they'll pick right back up and and go back go probably go to higher levels than they've ever been because of uh, I think uh, you know the marketplace and money and jobs are going to be better. I think if Trump does what he says he's going to do, it's it's going to be better for everybody, not just the shooting sports for hopefully for all businesses involved, small businesses, large businesses. So, yeah, I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. So, right on. Right on. A little disclaimer, uh, those are the opinions of myself and Dave, not the opinions of the <laughs> radio station that you were listening to. So, anyway, um well, hey man, it, it's been great visiting with you. We we're certainly looking forward to seeing uh, all the new stuff coming out here in 2017 um, as far as what's going on with STI. And I know a lot of that will be unveiled here uh, very shortly at SHOT Show. And yep. uh, we're excited about that. And, man, always great to uh, to have you on. And I, I sure do love shooting my STI pistols. Good. We're, we we love hearing that. So thanks for having me on, Kay. Well, I appreciate it. All right. Take care, brother. You too. Do the same. All right, there he goes, STI's technical services manager, really a jack-of-all-trades. He, he does a little bit of everything uh, over there in Georgetown, Texas for STI. David Cup, folks, uh, great to have him on. That segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Let's knock out a quick break. Up next, uh, we're going to get into three animals that uh, southern hunters likely come into uh, contact with the most. White-tailed deer, feral hogs, and coyotes. What caliber and bullet combination does Horizon Firearms' Derek Ratliff recommend for each? We'll get into that next right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. There was seven Spanish angels at the o- 
shelter of the sun They were praying for the lovers In the valley of the gun Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. So you know I love my guns, and one of my favorite hobbies is target shooting. Grant Stinchfield here. Recently, I got to experience what it's like to shoot at the Rockwall Gun Club. It's an amazing place, sitting on 70 acres, but what makes the Rockwall Gun Club so special is not just its first-class state-of-the-art facilities. Yes, it even has a 500-yard rifle range where your results show up on an iPad. But for me, it's the private atmosphere. It's like a country club for gun owners, 100% members only. And what's so cool is that many of the members are law enforcement officers, so it's common to be shooting shooting next to the pros. The Rockwall Gun Club has 19 100-yard rifle stations, 19 25-yard pistol stations, and if archery is your thing, there's even a range for bow hunters. Now is the time to act. Become a founding member like me. The incentives they're offering are too good to pass up. The Rockwall Gun Club offers family and corporate memberships. Visit rockwallgunclub.com to set up a tour and see firsthand what it's like to be part of a private shooting experience. Visit rockwallgunclub.com. That's rockwallgunclub.com. Tell them Grant Stinchfield sent you. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. It's been a damn long day and I'm still tired, got miles of road to go. This cup of coffee keeping me wired in the wind chills getting cold. And I'll be damned if I'm getting any more used to this being alone. Songs on the radio is the name of that one there from No Justice, bringing us back on Dallas Park Club. Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players. I'm Cable Smith. Uh, so great to be here with you. I appreciate you sharing a part of your weekend with me as we've got some uh, cool stuff to get into regarding different calibers for uh, popular species that most hunters come across in the southern part of the United States. Uh, but before we are joined by Horizon Firearms President Derek Ratliff, uh, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by the Stillwaters Ranch in Lano, Texas. If you're looking for that last-minute trophy hunt, my buddy Clayton Leverett still has a few big bucks that he wants you to come and shoot this season. Uh, check it out. The Stillwaters Ranch has been family-owned since 1892. Great people. Great ranch in the heart of the Texas Hill Country right there in Lano. You can find out more information on booking your next trophy hunt by visiting stillwatersranch.com. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He's a longtime friend of the show. Uh, when it comes to rifles, <laughs> my absolute favorite is the one this guy built for me. It's the Horizon Firearm 7 Mag, and uh, it is an absolute tack driver. When I pull the trigger, animals go down, and that's the way it should be. 
Without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Horizon Firearms, Derek Ratliff, back to the show. Appreciate it, Cable. Good talking with you. You bet. Uh, first of all, congrats on that South Texas monster you shot earlier this season. That was a, a heck of a deer. Appreciate it, man. That is absolutely my biggest deer I've ever killed. And uh, looking back on it, it's probably the biggest deer I'll ever kill. You know, he <laughs> went 185 and uh, had about all the character and stuff that Drop time. I could ever wanted. Oh, yeah. It was, it was pretty neat. The deer we... Um, you know, we called, we had nicknamed him Apache and we not been watching him for a while in a family place. And, um, he was always just a mainframe 11 point. And then, uh, we got him coming in the camera this year and then he had mule deer forks and kickers and all kinds of stuff, you know? So you just never know. You get age, age and the right kind of nutrition, the wet, wet year we've had this year, they can blow up. Yeah. And so how old do you think he was? He was been six and a half is what we had him, uh, aged at. And, and looking at his teeth, that's about, about what we thought he was. Yeah. Oh, awesome deer, awesome deer. And you said he went 185? 185, yeah. All right, good deal. Well, um, let's go ahead and, and get into today's discussion. I wanted to uh, talk about a couple different calibers and bullet options for common species that folks run into the most frequently in the southern United States. And we're going to talk about whitetail, hogs, mm-hmm. and coyotes environments uh, specifically. And, and and let me preface this by saying this is totally subjective. Everyone has their own opinions, but mm-hmm. you know you're a, a longtime gunsmith, and uh, and I mean as far as these animals we're talking about, you have plenty of experience uh, with each mm-hmm. one. So let's start out with the most common, everybody's favorite, not just in the South, but uh, you know the thing that drives the hunting industry in North America is the white-tailed deer. Um, mm-hmm. As far as you know, your favorite go-to caliber uh, for white-tail. Uh, because, because I'll be honest with you, I mean, there's, uh, shoot, I get kids sending me pictures on Instagram almost every day, and I, you know, say, what caliber was that? Two, two, three. So right. I mean, <laughs> right. you can kill them with a good <laughs> shot with anything, uh, you know, essentially. But what if you had to pick one would be your ideal whitetail caliber and bullet choice? Man, that that is the biggest. You know, I think that's the biggest argument we always get, and it's exactly what you said. You know, we've had people. This year, uh, shooting with our 22 Creedmoors all the way up to, you know, I took my deer with a 28 Nosler. Um, and, you know, the whitetail was just so fun about them as they vary so much, you know, from the hill country to South Texas to Canada. You're talking about, you know, it could be as much as 100 pounds gross weight, you know, depending on where you're going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I look at whitetail, I mean, I know, you know, I grew up hunting with 30 out six, and there's probably several listeners that that's their go to caliber, and there's, you know, nothing wrong with, with that caliber. But for me, it, it you know, if I was just building a white cell gun, I would do something similar to what the gun that you're shooting, you know, a seven mag, uh, you know, 162 grain ELD Hornady bullets, or maybe even a 160s uh, in the nozzle. And I think about the seven millimeter is, you know, it's pretty low recoil, but it's got a lot of energy and, uh, you know, it's going to have a really high BC bullet. So I think, you know, some people may think that's a little bit overkill, but if you're talking white cell, you know, uh, across the country i think that's a really really solid choice okay okay yeah so seven mag i absolutely love mine uh, and and there really isn't that much recoil on that gun mm-hmm. i was pretty shocked comparing it to a, yeah. a 300 win mag that i used to shoot i mean good lord that thing was <laughs> uh, it was unpleasant you know you, you yeah. go to the range sighted in and you, you leave with a bruised shoulder oh yeah so. i would say you know what's interesting about them you know when you know kind of caveat that we do it a lot of 6.5s in 65284s and stuff for just white tail guys but like that because a lot of people think that seven is, is too much recoil but you know my wife we've got a seven mag with a, uh, a muzzle brake on it for her and that's her go-to uh, gun and you know what i've found a lot of times is is i would rather be slightly overgunned 
especially in rough country. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you can al- always take a, a smaller gun, but on, on the whitetail side, I've found that they can they can be tougher than you think they are. So I like to be a little bit overgunned on, on that. Right on, right on. Okay. Um, and then why the uh, why the bullet that you mentioned there, the 162 grain? Uh, the new, I think it's a new one from Hornady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a, there's a lot of, you know, with the 7, that's the fun thing about the 7. It doesn't have to be Hornady. Of, I mean, name your right, brand. Right, right. Right. With, with the 7 mag, you get a lot of options from 140s up to, you know, even the 195s now. And what I've kind of seen is in that 160, you know, 154 to 162, in that weight range, um, you it's kind of the best uh, spot for really really high, good, solid uh, BC bullets with good speed. You know, in a 7, as you get heavier than that, you start losing speed, you know, pretty quickly. And uh, much, much smaller than that in a bullet you know in the 140s you have a lot less uh bc so your wind drifts a little more so that 160 it's just kind of a good groove for that caliber and with these you know you're talking about hornet just a little bit these eldx bullets um you know kind of a progressively hardened bullet and it's a new bullet from hornady and and man we've had some really really good luck with them mm-hmm. okay and, and last thing and this is also subjective and i'll tell you what i like to do first but if it's a trophy buck i'm shooting them in the front shoulders Yep. And uh, oh, yeah. you, you anchor them that way. A lot of people think, oh, you're going to waste the meat. No, yeah, you might lose a little bit on one of the shoulders, but yeah. uh, the buck's not going anywhere. And right. on a true trophy, <laughs> that's the goal. Uh, right, exactly. And then, I mean, on a doe, yeah, I'm probably shoot them in the neck or in the vitals, uh, yep. but it's totally different when you're you're looking at a, a really nice buck that you've been uh, chasing for mm-hmm. a couple of years. So. Exactly. And, you know, and, that's, and, and it, it also... I didn't grow up hunting in South Texas. I mean, I grew up pretty close to where you're at there, and you know, body size on our deer wasn't really big. You know, mm-hmm. you, and, and it was wide open kind of country. You could, you know, shoot a deer a little further back, and you could watch him go over there, and and you could see him, uh, you know, uh, when he when he dropped, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards down the road kind of deal. Where uh, in South Texas, where I spend most of my white tail time, it's really thick, nasty brush country. And you just don't want the buck to leave the openings of Sanderas <laughs> if you can. So I've learned if you can shoot them in the upper third of their shoulder. So split the shoulder and come in the upper third and kind of hit them in that zone. You know, you're not going to mess up a lot of meat right there. And you're going to kind of hit them high enough to catch part of that uh, part of their spine and, and more or less drop them right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I laughed when you said that that South Texas brush country, the first deer I ever killed with a bow. I shot, uh, and it was a marginal shot. We recovered the buck, but me and my my buddy were like uh, crawling through those those creek beds. Those well, they're dry, but you know, yeah. on our hands and knees looking for specks of blood. Uh, oh yeah. Or I mean, he went a long way in that unforgiving country, and everything there can stick you, poke you, or bite you. So exactly, uh, so you learn quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, moving on to feral hogs, uh, mm-hmm. what caliber and bullet combo would be your go-to for pigs? Man, that's a harder one. And it's harder because, uh, you know, a lot of people have different thoughts as to, you know, what the purpose of shooting, you know, feral hogs or pigs, or whatever you want to call them. You know, some people are, you know, shooting for eradication. Some people are shooting for, you know, meat recovery. Some, you know, people, you know, it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that opens up a lot of a lot of possibilities. I see most people uh, doing, you know, just your standard 308 with 180 grain bullets. So I see what I see a lot of people going to, um, in you know, because so many people are using ARs and doing night hunting or helicopter hunting, and that's gotten really really popular. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm talking to guys who are who are, I'm gonna say more precision. 
shooter kind of hunter guys. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of cream marts in in that in that mid range, and it dips into your deer side too. But I'm, we're, you know, we're still seeing the 6.5 Creedmoor being, you know, one of the strongest calibers that, you know, I've ever seen as far as, uh, you know, volume of, uh, and performance wise. I mean, that, that 6.5, you know, anywhere from 120 grain bullets all the way to, uh, you know, 143 grain bullets. I mean, uh, Mackenzie here, you know, if you call Horizon, you won't get Mackenzie on the phone. Um, you know, she's shooting a 6.5 herself. And I mean, she shot a, uh, a big probably 200 pound hog at like 320 yards at the 143 and just dropped it you know mm-hmm. and so it's a nice low recoil um gun and it's, it's good to get kids and youth and women in with that kind of gun it's less recoil than a 308 with more performance mm-hmm. okay right on right on um and then let's talk about uh as far as, as penetration on a hog what i mean what, mm-hmm. what bullet <laughs> Man, that's that's, that's a lot. That's a lot tougher than a white tail. <laughs> they I mean, are a lot tougher, yeah. yeah. And um, ear hole is some. You know, that's probably the predominant place yeah. I'm aiming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it depends. You know, that's that's kind of your deal. So if you if you're shooting a super accurate gun, you put it where you want it. Uh, you know, you can get away with it a little more than if you're trying to shoot them back in the shoulders. You know, some of those big boar hogs will have a, a huge shield. You know, and you're going to need a little more bullet. Um, but this 140, you know, in the Creedmoor itself, this 143. ELDX bullet has been a good one for us and the uh you know um we, we've killed several with the 129s they're a little bit more explosive but um you know you're hitting them with so much speed you know what I see a lot of people doing uh in the uh, in the 308 realm is using something similar to an Acubon just mm-hmm. a hardened bonded bullet if you're going to shoot them back in the shoulder you know even with that though expect them to run a little bit <laughs> yeah well and there's some there's so much that goes into the right bullet for hogs because I've hunted them with mm-hmm. two, two, three before and, and yep. not shot them in the head. Yep. And you, I mean, you hit them. Sometimes you hit them multiple times, but especially yep. if you're shooting FMJs, uh, yep. which I was doing one time, those bullets just go right through and they don't leave a, yep. you know, a big enough. Yep. Uh, they don't create enough damage internally damage, to yeah. leave a, a big blood trail. So you're just putting little pinholes in them. Yeah. Um, so oh, you, run you the can't op- kill them with a two, two, three if you pick the right bullet. So. Right, and you run the opposite problem, uh, running too too explosive, like say a varmint style bullet. You know, you'll have an entrance hole, but you won't have an exit. So you'll have a lot of uh, a lot of damage internally, and then they may not go that far, but they're they're not always going to drop right there. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a that's a tougher one. To be totally honest, you know, it's it's a tougher skinned, you know, kind of a little bit more difficult decision. You know, and and I guess what I'm saying is. I've seen a lot more variable results, bullet selection, caliber selection with hogs than I have with uh, normal big game. Right, right. Uh, okay, well, switching over to uh, coyotes, bobcats, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other varmints. Yep. Um, yep. What is your go-to caliber there, and yep. uh, what kind of bullet do you recommend? I'll, I'll tell you my personal, and then I'll tell you what I see most people doing. Um, you know, my, my personal choice is we, we build a 22 Creedmoor which is essentially taking a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 6-millimeter Creedmoor and necking it down to a 75-grain bullet and, the, and shooting it around 3,500 feet a second. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason we do that is because with the, the heavier bullets, you get higher ballistic coefficient. With the speed, you get a really flat shooting gun. And when you're trying to shoot varmints, you got to think about, and I had a, I had a guy who's Fox Pro sponsor, great customer of mine, 
he made a comment to me one day and it stuck with me. When you're shooting varmints, you're shooting a Coke bottle turned sideways at whatever distance, you know, two liter Coke bottle. Mm-hmm. And you got to think about, um, it takes a lot more to do that than it does to shoot a deer. And so with a fast 22 Maybe that's caliber, why I miss so many coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you, it's, I think, uh, you know, when I look at most impressive hunting, in my opinion, it's one of the, it, that's why I like predator hunting so much. And, you know, so we've kind of built a specific caliber, you know, for that, um, you know, to, to bust a wind. So it's like a, people say 220 Swift. Well, this is a, a little slower than the 220 Swift, but because we take advantage of the heavy bullets, we actually pass the 220 Swift at about 300 yards. So you huh. get some, you know, but for what I see, you know, outside of doing something like that, I mean, what I've done and we burned several barrels up growing up is the, uh, the uh, 22250 with the 55 grain VMAX board. Sure. I mean, that is a, you know, relatively uh, cheap round to shoot, super low recoil, um, you know, and with the twist rates in the factory, uh, in most of the factory, 22250s over the years have increasingly gotten faster letting you shoot that 55 um, really, really well. And it does, you know, very little damage. Um, you know, people always ask me, well, why would I do the 22 Creed more over the 22250 and for me it's been a knockdown deal you know the 22250 is not delivering as much energy as the creedmoor is um so when you're doing i do coyote tournaments and so when you're doing these varmint tournaments time is money in the sense that you don't have time to go looking for a coyote you need to anchor you know Mm -hmm. everything you touch wherever you touch it needs to anchor and that creedmoor just brings a little bit more uh delivered energy Mm. okay okay and and what uh, did you already say? Which bullet you go go with on that one? I, I shoot the 75 grain Amax, okay. and so you know I'm getting 20 grains more uh, a bullet weight than a normal 22 250 would. Yeah, which doesn't seem like much, but when it's going 3500, it's oh, a lot. that's a huge difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, Derek, we are almost out of time. Great yeah. insight uh, on those three uh, uh, fronts there, uh, but. It. Real quick, why don't you tell us what's new from IOTA and Horizon? Man, we have got a lot of new exciting stuff coming up. This is the, I'll make this quick here, but this is a crazy time of year for us. We've got Dallas Fire Club show coming up. I know you'll be at that one. Oh, yeah. We've got SHOT show coming up after that. And then we go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for the big outdoor show for 10 days. And so we have a, a lot of stuff coming uh, this time of year for us. So we have a new website. It's going to be customrifles.com. And customrifles.com will be an information site where we do a lot of blogging. We're bringing in some third-party bloggers, essentially to answer a lot of questions about bullet configuration, rifles, uh, those kind of things. That'll be coming out here shortly. We have a brand-new Horizon Firearms website that will be released uh, right before Dallas Safari Club show. And um, we have a IOTA itself. We have a brand new rifle stock coming out, a 25-ounce sporter stock. Uh, just rolled that into production with some new accessories there. Um, and then one thing you'll see that's kind of new um, that we haven't done in the past is on Horizon, we're, we're making uh, not only just our full-out customs like you've got, but we're also going to do some kind of dedicated models and you uh, see us go more to uh, to dealer network as well with those models. So you know, if you've got some guys listening that are interested in you know, becoming dealers of either IOTA or Horizon Firearms, um, you know, you're going to see us in, in those kind of arenas as well. So 
this is the uh, probably busiest time that we've we've probably ever been so <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome well that's good man and then the uh, the actual physical location with the storefront is mm-hmm. uh located in college station yep 108 behind. morgan's lane yep right behind the o'reilly here and college station across from the walmart so yeah we have the retail store there the pro shop as well and you know where we've got some of our guns as well as accessories and all that stuff especially christmas time coming up for uh, everybody looking for something for the, for those hunters in the family. Yeah, ladies, you know where to go now. Get your man something nice. <laughs> no excuses, right? <laughs> well, hey, let's do a quick uh, trivia question. Uh, I already know the question because it relates to that buck you shot earlier this year. Mm-hmm. If, po- if folks are paying attention, they'll remember the score, and they can text that in uh, to 214-289-7807. That's 214-289-7807. We talked about it earlier in the segment. And uh, up for grabs, we've got... Uh, I know you've got a couple of these uh, first-generation Horizon Firearms caps. Mm-hmm. Um, one that you wear on all your hunts is kind of your lucky uh, superstitious yeah, hat yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, That's the one I always take with yeah. me. We've got a couple of uh, new hats, uh, multi-cam with our logo and everything. that look really cool. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, hey, brother, we will uh, see you soon out at DSC, and uh, we'll probably talk to you again before that. Sounds good. Appreciate it as always. All right, there he goes, Horizon Firearms president and CEO Derek Ratliff, our old buddy. Always great talking uh, firearms, hunting, shooting, and everything in between with Derek. A great insight there. Now that segment of the show brought to you by Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue, where you can stop in after the hunt or fishing trip for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue. Uh, let's knock out a break. Up next, we're going to shift gears, talk some bass fishing with your 2016 Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year. That's right, the man atop the bass fishing world. Gerald Swindle drops by next. We're talking late fall lunker patterns right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. And then we put our lines down in the water and waited for the fish to bite. Yeah, we talked about God and talked about a little. There's times we would talk all night. There's a little Bo Phillips band bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Fishing with Grandpa is the name of that one. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We are all set to uh, talk fall largemouth patterns with the man who currently sits atop the world of professional bass fishing, 
2016 Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle. Uh, but first, this segment of the show brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy in Marion, Texas, and now with a second location in San Antonio. Let Josh and Becky handle your next trophy mount. They've been doing all of my taxidermy work going on six years now. They'll do the same for you. They answer the phone when you call. They have a fast turnaround time, and they are good, family-oriented people that do amazing work. Check them out at gr8mounts.com. That's gr8mounts.com. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He is a two-time Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year, having won it in 2004 and then 12 years later, now again in 2016. Gerald Swindle, thanks for jumping on, brother. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be here. I mean, anytime. I'm, I'm, I'm up for chatting with anybody in Texas about hunting and fishing. <laughs> awesome. I know you're on the road uh, on the way into uh, Illinois. Uh, sounds like it might be raining, which, man, it, you're based out of Alabama. We're over here in Texas, and we haven't had much rain to speak of of late. We, we haven't, dude. I, I, you know, 90 days at my farm in Jasper since we've had a measurable rain. Wow. And uh, you can really start to see it. Smith Lake's down about 15 foot. Gunnersville's uh, about a foot and a half low, which is very untypical for this time of year. They don't normally pull it down like that. It's been way down. And this, it's kind of had the fishing throw for tailspin, and now I'm even seeing it affect the hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I know uh, deer hunting is, is something you're also passionate about. Uh, are you heading to Illinois for whitetail? Yes, sir. We go up here and bow hunt. It's my wife and I. We lease 200 acres up here uh, in Metropolis, Southern Illinois. We we come up and hunted a few weeks ago. And we caught the first, the, like the first few days of the first part of the rut, but it wasn't real intense. Mm-hmm. And now we're coming back, and we've got a guy that lives up here. He kind of keeps me posted, and he seems to think that the last two days. Uh, two to three days is when the big deer got up, so we loaded everything back up and headed back up to try it again. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, have you had any luck uh, in Alabama yet? We haven't even hunted much in Alabama. We, we, uh, the way our situation was, we went up this weekend and looked at everything again. We planted green fields twice. I planted them uh, right before I had knee surgery back in September, mm-hmm. first of September. And we never got a rain. I went back and planted them three weeks ago again, overseeded, broke the ground, done it again. Still didn't get a rain. So we're hoping that today when we get a rain, we get fields, makes our hunting a little better. But without our green fields and not a good food supply, it was just a little tough, a little discouraging hunting at home. So we really haven't even hunted in Alabama yet. Wow, wow. wow. So you all definitely need some rain, no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I we... want to see if I'm a farmer. I've got enough seed down to grow 200 green fields. <laughs> there you go. Well, awesome. Well, we obviously wish you good luck in Illinois, those Midwestern deer. I mean, they get some absolute giants in that part of the world. But uh, They uh, do, man. It's it's fun to come up and, and, and see a little different scenery, you know, and hunt this way. Uh, and being a bow hunter by heart, it seems like I really enjoy Illinois because it has such strict gun laws and it's mostly bow hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hey, let's go ahead and talk late fall patterns because uh, I think there's a lot of misconception out there that the majority of bass have already moved out to deeper water and are, are starting to suspend in, you know, 20 to 30 feet or, or even deeper on some lakes. Um, but I know that you, you know, you're a firm believer in, in shallow, shallow bass this time of year. Absolutely. I think, I think that people look, read too far into that. When you first start into fall fishing, people, you know, they think the first time you get frost on the ground and Oh my God, the fish is going super deep. You know, for the most part, a lot of places you go to, 
them fish don't get deep to January. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the December, uh, I'd say sometime in the November and December to me, it's kind of the best fall fishing all around to me because the fish are still up shallow gorging. And just because you got a frost don't mean they all went deep. Sure. Sure. I think we maybe have had one frost in North Texas so far. So I don't know if winter is ever going to show up. We might just have the, the fall pattern uh, until springtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might we might fish the backs of the creek and them schooling all the way through February. Yeah. You know, and, and we could see that. That's something that people don't talk about a lot is the prolonged winters. And, you know, used to by this time uh, when I was a kid, you know, the old timers would be like, oh, we're going out on the channels and throw jigs. And now... You know, I got guys catching a lot of buzz bait and a whopper plopper through December, which means these long, lazy, warm winters changes up the fishing. And I, I think, for the most part, keeps them shallow a lot better. Mm-hmm. Well, so walk us through, you know, once you put the boat in the water uh, this time of year, how are you attacking that area that you're focusing on as far as your, your favorite baits <clears throat> and the technique you'll use this time of year? Well, the one good thing about this time of year in fall fishing is you can fish a little faster. You know, you don't have to slow down that much. So, you know, to, to, once I put the boat in the water, there's a couple of things I'm looking for, bait, bait, and wind. I'm going to run the backs of pockets and creeks looking for bait. I'm going to use my hummingbird. I'm going to be looking on down imaging, side imaging, hunting bait balls, looking at the surface, watching for the birds, because when that bait migrates in the back of a creek for the fall and into the winter the bass follow them so all, all you really got to do is burn a little gas up travel around whether you see them on the screen or see them on the surface and then i start my whole procedure so for the first hour or two i'm going to ride from the time the boat hits the water till i see something headed toward the back of the creek that i like and you know if i can find a little colored water or the wind blowing into one of those areas it makes it even better because that pushes the bait up tighter in one area mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, the moving baits is a lot funner. The lipless crankbait, whether it's a red-eye shad, you know, you can still catch them jerking that time of year, uh, like a Lucky Craft Pointer 100. Uh, small spinnerbaits, uh, War Eagle makes a great small spinnerbait, that Mike McClellan finesse bait, you know, a lot smaller profile baits uh, feeding up because a lot of fish will be feeding on shad that was spawned this year. So a lot of the shad in the back of the creeks this time of year will be a little smaller than normal. So I'm going to stick with smaller, faster baits, uh, cover more water, but I'm going to look for bait. I'm going to look for wind. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And and you don't have to fish slow. I mean, I think that's something else people... No. Yeah. They get they think that because it cooled off a little, we got to fish slow. You know, water temperatures in the low 50s, that fish is still pretty aggressive, man. He They'll absolutely crack a, a lipless crankbait, uh, square lip crankbaits. To me, I think it's the best reaction bites of the year because I noticed this, when the water temperature is this cool, most of the bites you get don't miss the bait. They're super aggressive. Uh, it's, a, it's a feeding instinctive bite that they know they're trying to gorge. They're going to get as much food in them before it, you know, it gets too cold. So, yeah, they're biting a whole lot different kind of the manners different in which way they bite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hey, I, I do want to ask you, um, I, was, I was watching a YouTube of you, but it, it cracked me up because you're digging through your tackle box and you – you pull out this wad of uh, <laughs> crankbaits, and I mean, there was probably 30 lures all stuck together. It made me think, oh, you know what? Uh, these guys are just like us, and I think oh, <laughs> I think maybe listeners. worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've maybe worse. That. That, I pull those lipless crankbaits out, and they'll just be tangled in a mess, and I'll just keep shaking them and shaking them and shaking them and shaking them. You know, that's just. We call it respecting the struggle, and, and I think that's an oversight. Sometimes people think, man, you guys. You'll get the best base, the best rods, the best line. You know, you don't never backlash. You don't ever tangle up. Your lures aren't in a mess, though. That's bull malarkey, man. We backlash. We tangle up. Our baits stay in a mess. 
you know, we just learn to deal with it different. But I think that's just a, a daily struggle on the water is dealing with the crankbaits and a big old pile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the OCD guys, maybe like Aaron Martins, don't they don't have that issue. But uh, oh yeah, he now he spends some time on his tackle. <laughs> I don't do that much. I put all mine in a pile. Just when I get ready to fish one, I look for the one with the most teeth marks on it. And I pick it out, and shake it out, and then I go throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it worked. I mean, the one that you ended up shaking loose there. <clears throat> uh, next thing you know, you were you're hooked up with a couple nice bass. Um, hey, let me let me ask you this though. As far as looking back on your your incredible 2016 season. At what point did you know you really had a chance to uh, to bring home the most prized, well, uh, you know, the most prized uh, award it, in professional bass fishing? I think it was probably, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm going to say Wheeler, uh, day three at Wheeler, I had a deal where I only had a small limit late in the day, and I made a, I made a change totally out of left field to try something new, and I caught a three and three quarter and a seven pounder within 30 minutes, and it and it catapulted me from not even getting a check to back inside the top 12. And that, that right then thought, hey, this is the AOI, the AOI race has been saved. And then, you know, I had a couple of tournaments throughout the year when it got to Cayuga. I kind of I could see it happening, but I wouldn't let myself, like, follow it way out in front. I said, just stay focused. You know, it's so much different than 2016 when I won it than it was in 2004 when I won it. Uh, in 2004, it was a six-tournament series. Uh a lot of weather climate was the same. This has been a 10 tournament series all over the country. We've faced so many different tournaments. I just knew better than to get to looking too far ahead because there's, it's like Mother Nature can throw so many curveballs. You know, we had high flooded water a couple of times. We had tidal water. So there was a few times when I would like, yep, yep, this could be the angle of the year kind of year, but I would not really just sit back and focus on that. I would just keep fishing, literally just fish one day at a time. Gerald, let's go back to another tournament here um, in your second angle of the year season in 2016. Uh, in our part of the world, you finished third on Lake Texoma. And I know that, you know, heading out of practice, you, you really didn't have very good practice rounds. You were kind of all over the place. Uh, how did you end up finishing third uh, on that in that tournament? I think the, the key for me in those tournaments, because I had this happen a couple of times this year, was you, you'd struggle in practice. You'd get a couple of bites here and a couple of bites there. But when it come time to fish the tournament, I simply just kept going with my gut feeling. And I would say, fish in the way that you think if you fish hard and get five bites, you can win. Don't don't fish in a way where you think, oh, if I get lucky, I might catch a lemon if I throw a little bitty spinnerbait around the bushes. I never settled for that. I was super aggressive knowing that I had one or two bites like a Texan on a buzz bait. So the first morning I start with it, well, I catch a seven and a three. You know, and I, I was quickly learned that when you're going to gamble, gamble a little bigger. You know, you have to fish just as hard to get a big bite as you do to catch a small limit. So I made choices like that on tournament day instead of sitting there being scared going, you know what, I could probably take this trick worm and pitch around in bushes and surely catch me a limit and get a check and get out of here. I didn't. I said, I'm going to take a bigger Z crawl. I'm going to pitch in the bushes. I'm going to fish uh, outside bushes where I don't get hardly any bites. But when I've gotten one, it's been a big one. I'm going to throw a buzz bait. And the same thing at Potomac. I mean, I, and as my season progressed, it just got to be that was that was kind of a running joke. I would get two or three bites and, and practice, and one of them would be a big one at times. And I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do right there. <laughs> and it just seemed to – it was instinctive and not being scared and fishing fishing aggressive but slow, but but not over the top when, when I say aggressive, like running all over the lake, fishing 50 bite, baits, 
just settling in with one or two baits I felt like I could catch big fish with and just going with it. Yeah, and so that that was the model of consistency for you throughout the season. and uh, Across the board, because I think it, it, it you fish your baits that you're comfortable with, that you're comfortable catching big fish with, and your confidence stays where it needs to be. You don't jump around all over the place. You don't fish a whole bunch of new water. Go to areas where you had your only couple of bites and just fish, you know. And it, and after the year was over, I was like, it was about that simple. Everybody thought I had some major plan. I'm like, no, I had two bites at Potomac. I fished my whole tournament in the area where I had two bites and finished tenth. <laughs> right. You know, just I just didn't I didn't make it too complicated. This is where I got my bites, and this is where I'm going to stay. Awesome. I do want to say thanks to Mercury um, for hooking us up. They were they were great. Uh, getting us in touch so we appreciate them and uh certainly hope you and your wife have a success up there in illinois tag a big one we got we're gonna chase one down we really are and i, I and it gives me a chance to say thanks to mercury also because you know that's that's the motor that's powered my boat dude for the 20 years of my career and and you know key to success is i don't think about turning that key and is that motor going to crank a lot of times when i'm out there fishing dude that doesn't cross my mind so to me, that's a that that's a big factor. You know, it's something I never think about. No doubt, no doubt. Well, here, uh, real quick, let's do a trivia question for our uh, our listeners. Um, we're gonna, we'll give them away a Lone Star Outdoor Show T-shirt and a couple koozies. Why don't you issue us a fishing-related trivia question? Hell, it could be your you know your uh, personal best largemouth, whatever whatever you want. Okay, well let's do let's do what lake I was what what lake i was on when i caught the 11 pounder on the top 12 day in uh, a bass elite series and it's on camera and it's one of their high bass's highest viewed youtube videos what lake was i on perfect perfect all right y'all can text in the answer to 214-289-7807 214-289-7807 we'll hook you up with the lone star outdoor show prize pack uh, gerald we certainly appreciate it man congrats again on the angler of the year title and uh, we hope that much more success follows in 2017. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and we'll see you in Houston. Uh, the the uh, class yes. is coming to Texas this year. so I, I'm coming to the Lone Star <laughs> State, so get ready. All right, brother. Well, hey, take care. <laughs> All right, man. See you. All right. There he goes. 2016 BASS Elite Series Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle. Certainly a treat to have him join us today. And that segment... By the way, brought to you by Scent Blocker. It's all I wear on my hunting adventures, whether that's the whitetail woods of North Texas or elsewhere, or chasing elk in New Mexico, or uh, I just got the new alpha suit uh, for my Colorado mountain lion hunt coming up here. Wow, in just a couple weeks, and uh, there's a lot of snow on the ground up there, so that alpha suit is going to keep me nice and warm and dry. And you can check out their full lineup of all hunting apparel from base layers to extreme heavyweight outerwear at scentblocker.com. Use the promo code LOMESTAR10. Save 10% off your entire order. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Up next, we'll talk some bow hunting with Elite Archery's president, Eric Griggs, right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here for Lone Star Ag Credit. We all know land is a limited commodity. Let's face it, they're not making any more of it, but everybody wants it. 
Whether that's to build a house, hunt deer, or run cattle, allow Lone Star Ag Credit to help make that land your land. They've been doing it since 1917. For more information, visit LoneStarAgCredit.com to let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. We all love fishing, but private water fishing makes the experience even more enjoyable. Private means private, and when you reserve one of over 50 private lakes, that means you're the only one on the water. Lakes are stocked and professionally managed to grow big bass, and most have boats on site at no charge. You'll catch bigger numbers and bigger fish than on public water. Silence, solitude, and no crowds. It's a great way to introduce kids and grandkids into the outdoors. Visit privatewaterfishing.com to become a member today. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. One day I looked up and he's pushing 80 And his brown tobacco stains all down his chin Well, I mean, he's one of the heroes of this country there's an all-time classic from the late great Guy Clark bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show, Desperados, Waiting for a Train. I'm Cable Smith, and uh, thank you so much for dropping by today. Also, thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Uh, this segment is going to be all about bow hunting, uh, so some serious archery talk coming at you. With Eric Griggs, the longtime competitive archer and president of Elite Archery. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. We'd love to have you get plugged in with our group of folks who are passionate about three main things. Education, hunter's rights, and conservation. So, if that sounds like something you're interested in, why don't you do yourself a favor? Hey, do us a favor. We'd love to meet you, have you get involved. And plus, we've got a chapter system now, so we've got uh, DSC chapters all over the United States. But all you have to do is go to biggame.org to find out more information. Check it out. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and bring him on right now, professional shooter 
and president of Elite Archery, Eric Griggs. Thanks for dropping by, man. Great to have you on. Thank you. Good to be on here. First of all, tell us a little bit about what you do with um, not just Elite Archery, but the outdoor group. Yeah, yeah, you bet, you bet. Um, really, it's a, it's, a pretty, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty awesome job. Um, really, really enjoy what I do. Um, I, get to, I get to be involved in a lot of cool archery stuff and, uh, and bow hunting stuff, which has always been a, a passion of mine. So, um, you know, I work, uh, I work a lot with the, the different, uh, different groups within the organization, um, sales and uh, marketing, um, you know, product development stuff and engineering, all these guys, and kind of tie a lot of that stuff together um, in, in kind of a, a management role there. Um, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of direction as far as the brand and, and, and where we're going, where we're headed, um, and a lot of the, uh, you know, the product stuff. Um, get to work with a lot of the, uh, the product development piece of it and, uh, you know, bring, uh, bring the entire world some, some really exciting products. Well, yeah, no doubt. Tell us, though, uh, how long you've been with the outdoor group. Okay, so um, originally started with uh, with Scott. I've been with uh, Scott Archery for over ten years. Uh-huh. Um, the outdoor group was formed. Um, you know, Elite was purchased. You know, several years ago, and then uh, the outdoor group was formed. And uh, TOG bought uh, Scott Archery and Custom Bow Equipment um, in uh, in 2012. Um, that was the uh, c- company I worked for at the time. I worked for Scott and CB, and then uh, you know through that had made some other acquisitions. Uh, Winner's Choice Bowstrings. Um, dual game calls, slick tricks, solid, um, you know, lynch mob, Camax. We've, we've had a lot of uh, really cool acquisitions over the last few years, and uh, we've got a really nice portfolio of products today. Oh, which I'm, you know, lucky enough to get to use all of these products uh, in the field. And I think I've been shooting elite bows now for five years. You know, I've shot plenty of other bows, but it, it always goes back to shootability. I mean, there's a reason why um, elite has the reputation that they do. And we're going to get into that a little bit here in just a second. But uh, first of all, tell us uh, how your hunting season has been so far. <laughs> uh, well, non-existent. That'd be the that'd be the best way to that'd be the best way to describe that. Um, you know, I listen. This is this is such a super busy time of year for us. Um, you know, a lot of people think that the you know you get into the uh, you know get into the archery industry, or the hunting industry, that that means that you're spending all kinds of time in the field and hunting and and honestly, for, 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 for some guys, they can still balance that. For me, um, I haven't been able to, to do that yet. Um, still uh, some plans to, uh, to get out this fall and whatnot. But as far as the, uh, the early season goes, I've been pretty, uh, pretty locked up with, uh, with a lot of the stuff that we've got going on. This is the time of the year that we get all our new products out. Um, we have our annual meeting, so, so we'll meet with a lot of the major, uh, um, the major stores, our major accounts, distributors, and whatnot. And just with the product development, we're getting ready for the launch of the new year and all the launch of our new products. It's a uh, it's a super super busy time of year. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, let me ask you this: What is your favorite thing to bow hunt? Um, you know what? Just honestly, uh, white-tailed deer. I I can't say that I've I've gone on a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of different hunts for for different species. Um, you know, a native New Englander, you know, white-tailed deer is pretty much, uh, pretty much the thing for me. Well, you're going to have to quit working so hard and come down to Texas and, and stack up some feral hogs, man, because we've got plenty of them. That would be awesome for sure. Um, well, now, I understand, and like you said, Elite has some, some cool stuff coming out for this season. Um, and I'll let you kind of talk about what's going on there. 
Yeah, you bet. So we've um, we've launched a, a couple of things that we're right, you know pretty excited about here just in the fall. Um, you know, we've got some new color options, and uh, it's it's a brown and a, and a green. So um, it's an LD green. We offer these in a, in a couple of different camos. Um, same thing with the brown. It's uh, it's super super sharp looking. Um, I'd encourage anybody if they hadn't uh, hadn't seen these yet to uh, to check them out um, check them out online or, or you know look for some images of these. These things look super, super sharp. Um, just kind of a different way of contrasting with uh, with the camo limbs and the, and the colored risers. Um, we did that on, on some of our more, more popular bows, so that's exciting. Um, also, in the way of finishes um, for any of the uh, for the target shooters, any of these target guys out there, we've got a new finish that we're really proud of. It's called Rhinodize. Um, this replaced the existing anodized bows that, that a lot of you you folks may have seen. Um, you know, like this, uh, like the bright reds and blues and greens and stuff. Um, this is a, uh, it's a super, super tough coating. We've had our guys working on this for, for quite a while and uh, developing a coating that is, uh, that's tougher than anything else out there. I mean, tougher than anodized, just something that's, that's really bulletproof. Um, it's, it's important for us that uh, the folks that we have, you know, buying our target bows in the field, that they have that, that end user experience where they have not just a great looking um, bow, but something that's gonna that's gonna withstand you know the travel and uh, banging it around and and everything else. So you know with with that's obviously important on the hunting side. We want to have that uh, that for the uh, for the target shooter as well. So we spent a lot of time developing this process and uh, and, and and now we have that in play. Uh, one of the really cool things about that too is that this is a process we developed and we do this in house. So we handle this process ourselves in the. With anodized, we have to send this out to a secondary supplier. They they apply the you know the the coating process, um, the finishing, and then we get it back, and then we can build it and send it on to the consumer. With this here, with us controlling the ability to do this ourselves, it makes the turnaround time a lot quicker. So we're going to be able to deliver these products in a really really timely manner to our customers, and uh, that's something that we're really excited about as well. Well, yeah, and, and you mentioned how tough elite bows are. I can attest to that. I was hunting in Alberta uh, two years ago, dropped my E32 out of the tree stand. I'd actually just shot a bear, and I was so excited that I, I ended up dropping the bow. Um, well, you're not allowed to get out of the tree stand because there's bears everywhere. Uh, you know, the guy just says, all right, I'll pick you up, and, uh, you know, it's such time, and stay in the tree stand. Well, not only did I drop it, <clears throat> when he came to pick me up in the four-wheeler, he ran over the damn thing, uh, picked up that bow. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing wrong with it, man. It was a... Uh, it was like nothing ever happened to it. So I uh, ended up uh, awesome. hunting with, well, I made, you know, I shot it at the range that afternoon and then uh, ended up taking it out again the next day. So uh, they're tough as nails. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's also talk, though, quickly about Scott Releases. Like you said, a company that you've been with for a decade now. Uh, I've been using the Mongoose XT um, religiously. Uh, but I think there's a lot that goes into choosing the right release and i'll let you talk about that because there are so many options out there there sure are um you know that's that's the one thing that the question that a lot of people ask they you know how, how do i choose the right release which release release is right for me you know is a, is a single caliper better than a than a dual caliper is uh you know we hear a lot about these open hook releases you know what's going on with that you know should i get a handheld release so there's definitely you know there's there's all these options on the table and and at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you that it really boils down to personal preference. Um, you know, when, when used correctly, um, the release will hit in the same spot every time. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if it's consistent, that, that, that's what will happen. Now, what, what we do at Scott, and one of the things that, that we continue to strive to do, is that we, we try to make products that are going to make the archers, you know, better at the end of the day. So if you, if you look at the, our triggers and, and, and how they feel and, and, and the action that, that works, uh, roller sear design, a lot of those things, this is all in mind of, of trying to make somebody more accurate and, and better. So they're not having to, to squeeze this really heavy triggered release that with all kinds of movement that feels sloppy and, and you know, just kind of inconsistent errant shots. We try to make releases that are going to be just super smooth. Um, they fire, um, you know, on a real crisp platform and uh, help, the, help the archer have a, you know, a better level of accuracy. Um, some of the things that, that, that we do, you know, with, there's a lot that goes into these releases. Um, we do a lot in, in kind of the ergonomics and how the releases are lined up and, and some, of the, some of the pivot points and, and a lot of that. There's a lot of things that go into these things from a design criteria behind the scenes that don't necessarily show themselves in the, uh, in the release itself. But, you know, the end result is a, is a product that is, uh, that is super accurate, super repeatable. And uh, you know, just you know, creates uh, creates some excellent uh, accuracy and consistency for the for the bow hunter and the archer. I, um, I think that it gets overlooked a lot. You know, people think, oh, it's just a release, but like, like you said, there's so much that goes into uh, a release. Um, it's, it looks like just such a little, I don't want to say insignificant, but you know, compared to your bow and everything else, kind of like something that gets overlooked, although it shouldn't be because it's so important. It does. It gets overlooked all the time. And, and, and all I can, I can say is that, and I, I preach this a lot, but I mean, you, you, you think of, you think of your hunt of a lifetime. I mean, you think of, you know, the opportunity that, that, you know, you, you're finally, you know, sitting in a tree and, and you've got a, you know, 180 inch white tail underneath you and you've, you've, you've done everything that, that, you know, you've got the best equipment money can buy all the way around. You've got a great bow, a great sight, you know, all kinds of, you know, great arrows and broadheads. You get all these, these things right here. What's the last thing that happens, you know, set between, between, you know, that bow firing and, and the success of whether you, you arrow that, that, that deer or not, it's the release. Mm-hmm. And for, for such a, for such an important piece, accuracy is all in the release. I mean, that is the, that is probably the, the single most important piece of accuracy, you know, from the, uh, that you can get in the whole entire system, because if that goes errant, if you make a bad shot there, if you jerk the release, if the release fails, if the release hangs up, if it does any of those things, the rest of it doesn't matter. And um, I think that that is a you 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 made the great point. It's a it's a super overlooked piece of it. And I don't think uh, you know when I, I look at our releases and and yeah they're you know what they're pretty high end and they're a little bit more expensive than uh, than some of the other ones that are on the market. You know a release that you could go and and buy at your local you know box store or whatever for twenty dollars, but. Um, you know, I sometimes ask the question, I mean, can, can you afford to not have a quality release in your hand at that, at that time? I don't think you can. And, um, that's how people should really, really view that. Um, I would, I would sooner skimp on other items, um, that, that probably aren't as important, but that's the one place I, I definitely would never skimp on the release on the quality of the release. Just such an important aspect of the whole entire, you know, shot process. Yeah. And you can equate it to, you know, uh, You've got a nice rifle. You spend a thousand dollars on a nice rifle. Well, you're not going to put a hundred fifty dollars scope on it. I mean, you're just not going to do that. <laughs> you know, that's right. You, uh, that's you, right. You, you get the best that you can, and you know, if you're going to drop that kind of money and that kind of investment, and it's and hunting's, you know, hunting's expensive too. So you don't want to skimp. 
stay away from that $20 release. <laughs> That's the bottom line there. Uh, also, yeah. one other thing to think about um, is someone who enjoys hunting the backcountry. Uh, I would advise that you have a backup release too. And not saying that your release is going to fail, but more likely you're going to lose it. Or it's going to fall out of a tree stand. Or, you know, it's going to get run over by an ATV. Whatever the case, uh, that hunt of a lifetime is going to come to a quick end if you're standing there with just a bow and no way to fire it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would I would challenge anybody to think about this. If you've hunted and you've hunted long enough, um, you know, everybody's at one point or another, they've they've lost their release. You know, they've left it in the truck. Um, you know, I, I I can't tell you how many times that, uh, you know, I've gotten to the I've gotten to the stand and not had the release in my pocket that I thought I had or whatever. I keep an extra one in my pack, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on the kind of release that you use. Um, you know, it, it's definitely, you can't, you can't afford to not have a backup and you need to have, you know, you make a great point, not just any backup, but you got to have a backup that, that, uh, is, is probably, you know, similar to the one that you're using. Um, if not the exact same one, because, you know, as, as all these releases are, are, you know, very functional and, uh, and, and, and accurately and repeatable within themselves, um, one style of release to the other may provide a slightly different impact you know, point. Um, so, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't know that, or if you hadn't practiced, so it's a very, very important piece of that. Yeah, no doubt about that. <clears throat> well, why don't you just kind of, you know, as, as we wrap things up here, tell us, uh, about, or maybe give us a sneak preview of, of some things that might be coming out at the ATA show this winter. Sure, sure. So we've got, you know, across the, a few of our different brands, uh, you know, we've, we've got some things that we're working on that we're, we're pretty excited with, Got some really cool stuff with Scott and CB. Um, pretty pretty excited about that line this year. Um, we we just came out with two new releases, the uh, the Blitz and the Buzz. Um, we just launched those. That's kind of um, those are both single caliper releases. Really excited about those. Um, you know, pretty pretty excited about the direction the line's headed as as a whole. We've got a few new models coming, including one that uh, should be uh, kind of a kind of a changing a changing deal for. Uh, technology of releases, something that's never been done. So, um, you know, anytime we can bring something like that to market, that's really exciting. Um, those are some things to, to look for. And then, you know, kind of in the way of uh, bows, you know, I can't go into a lot of detail here. Obviously, we, uh, we've got a couple months before we, uh, before we launch. But uh, I, think, uh, I think everybody's going to be pretty, uh, pretty impressed with, um, with, with what we've done there. Um, We've got uh, we've got some really exciting things. Um, just just kind of a little bit of a change in, in where we've been in the past. Um, you know, still stand to our roots of shootability, because that's really where that's really the heart of elite. And, and what we do is we make bows that guys can shoot and gals and and uh, and everybody else. Um, at the end of the day, you know, people enjoy shooting our product, and I think that we're going to build on that and and move that forward. And uh, we're kind of bringing that to the next level. I think that we've had a we've had a nice progression of where we've gone with with some of our products and we're going to go one step forward and i think we're going to have uh um, i think we're going to have a lot of impressed uh um faithful uh, elite uh users and i think that we're also going to open some eyes of some people that are uh they're not currently looking at elite and may uh may take a second look now so i think there's uh there's a lot of good stuff that we're, we're certainly excited about awesome man yeah and i'd say my biggest complaint with the lead archery is that I, I never know which bow to take my synergy or my impulse because i just love them both so i got <laughs> always i'm looking at a conundrum and you know feel like i'm cheating on the one that i don't take with me 
your decisions are only going to get harder. <laughs> we're going to we're going to make that even more difficult for you here uh, here in a few months. I'm looking forward to it, brother. Well, hey, Eric, it's been great visiting with you, man. We're, we're certainly looking forward to uh, uh, learning more about what's coming out uh, as far as elite's concerned. Uh, but we'll have to wait for ATA. Uh, to get the lowdown on that. So we'll look forward to visiting with you again, and, and we'll certainly see you out at the show uh, coming up here uh, in a couple months. Awesome, Cable. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, take care. All right, we'll see you. So there he goes, Elite Archery President Eric Griggs, a longtime competitive archer. Great to have him jump on with us today and talk some bow hunting and uh, all things archery-related. Uh, that segment of the show, by the way, brought to you by the Cotton Mesa Whitetail Ranch in Corsicana, Texas. If you're looking for that last-minute trophy whitetail hunt, or, hey, maybe you're looking for uh, an axis deer for yourself and uh, a couple of employees, you know, do that corporate hunt package, they've got you covered, plus incredible five-star lodging and dining uh, truly is a destination for the deer hunter. Check it out at Cotton mesawhitetail.com to book your next trophy hunt. Well, my friends, uh, this is my least favorite time of the broadcast. Thank you so much. Y'all been very gracious today, but we've got to go. Got to get out of here. We are flat out of time. Thanks to all of our guests today. Eric Griggs from Elite Archery. Uh, Derek Ratliff of Horizon Firearms. Jared Swindle, 2016 Bassmaster. Elite Series Angler of the Year. And also David Cup from STI Guns. We will do it again, same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. The matter of you dreaming.